Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Mike sent me a note. This is Steve Check out the story from Gizmodo. California's new Delete Act is one of the world's most powerful privacy laws. So I get a lot of pushback whenever I talk about things in California from people who like to pile on and complain about things happening in California. But California has just passed a law that's actually a good law. Okay, so <laughs> got to give credit where credit is due. The Golden State just gave consumers an unprecedented tool to hit backspace on data brokers. Thomas Germain wrote this for Gizmodo. The new law in California gives consumers the power to do something meaningful about the companies buying and selling their personal data for the very first time. On Tuesday, the governor signed the Delete Act, introducing a number of provisions that beef up state privacy regulations. Among other stipulations, it lets Californians force data brokers to delete the fruits of their data harvesting with one single click. So in case you don't know, it's been going on for a while. One of the unintended consequences of putting everything online. So your county has put tons of stuff online, including property records, which means that somebody sitting someplace with a computer can log into your county's property records and get your name, your address, the value of your house, what you pay in taxes, whether you're current or not, all that information. In the old days, they had to walk into a building and ask to see it. People to pull out these big books and blow dust off of them. And uh, now, no. And so they have, you know, data scrapers, uh, people just out there just gathering this information up en masse, and then they combine it with other data they've gotten from other places. And then if somebody wants to find out every single thing about you, they can. And so, for instance, we've talked about this before. Most states sell your driver's license information to these kinds of people. See, so your name, your address, uh, and they probably remove some of the personal information, although quite frankly, I wouldn't surprise me they didn't, but your name and address are sold by the state. And I can also tell you that if you move and you file a change of address form with the post office, the post office sells your new address and tells the people, these people just moved. And I know that because it's happened to me. I've moved, filed a change of address, and immediately got bombarded with all kinds of junk mail saying, we hear you've moved. Congratulations on your new move. You know, can we come over there and, and, and alphabetize your kitchen? We want to come over and vacuum your driveway. And it happens. And I remember at the time that I did that when I moved the last time, and that happened to me. I remember looking it up, and it goes, yeah, no, no, no question. The post office sells your information. And if we complain, they go, well, we need money. We need money. Well, the fact that you need money does not mean you can take it from a bad source. Selling the personal information of postal customers ought to be illegal, but it's not. And so years ago, there's a famous story, and I forgot the actress's name, so forgive me, but there was an actress in California who got murdered by a guy who had a crush on her because she had a TV show, and then he just went to the DMV and said, I want this woman's home address, and they gave it to him because at that time it was perfectly legal to get the address of somebody whose name you had. He went to her house. And that was it. It wasn't a house. I think it was an apartment. But the point simply is this, that California then said, okay, we're not going to make this stuff available generally to the public, but they still sell the information to other people. And so I remember years ago when this first hit the news, they dragged a bunch of these companies into Washington, D.C. and made them testify before Congress and said, where do you get your information from? And they all took the fifth. Well, wait, if you're doing everything perfectly legally, why do you take the fifth? Why? And so I know someone would get mad at that last statement. I'm not talking generally. 
okay? If you're accused of a crime, take the fifth. But when someone asks you, how do you conduct your business, and you take the fifth, you can pretty much look at that and go, you know something? They're doing something. And what happens is this. The states that have said you can't just walk in here and ask for someone's personal information have said, but we will sell the information if people promise to use it properly. And so these people promise to use it properly. Then they misuse it, and when asked about it in front of Congress, they take the fifth. So if there's another explanation, I'm all ears. So California and several other states already require most companies to delete the information they collect on request. Unfortunately, the process is useless because you need to contact every business individually. You also have to live in a fantasy world where you know the names of even a fraction of the businesses that collect this money, uh, collect this information, and, and sell it. It's a loophole big enough to drive a few million stolen identities through, and it's time to close it, says a California senator who introduced the bill. Data brokers possess thousands of data points in each and every one of us, and they currently have the ability to use this data related to reproductive health care, geolocation, purchasing data, etc., and they sell it to the highest bidder. The Delete Act will protect our most sensitive information. The Delete Act will create a system where you can make one single request that forces the entire data broker industry to delete the details they harvest from your life. It's the first regulation of its kind from a major government entity. Right now, you can ask data brokers to erase information they collect about you directly, but they don't have to delete the data that they get from other companies. And that's an important distinction because that's where most of the data comes from. So one company harvests it and sells it to everybody else. So when you tell these people to delete it, they go, okay, they delete it. Well, this person's still selling it. So in addition, over 500 data brokers are already registered with California. And the Delete Act will force them to disclose information about what kind of data they already have. The Delete Act spells out consequences also, enshrining civil penalties and administrative fines for law-breaking data mongers. <laughs> the law is the most decisive step we've seen lawmakers take to rein in the shadowy business of data brokers. Promises consumers an easy way to assert control over the personal data that today is freely bought and sold on the open market. Like a do not call list for data brokers, says John Davison, director of litigation and senior counsel at Epic, the Electronic Privacy Information Center. It rejects the idea that companies should be able to commercially exploit the most sensitive details of lives with impunity. The tech business treats your life like a barrel of oil, a commodity that can be traded and sold to boost co- corporate profits. Data hungry businesses like Google will tell you that's just how it has to be. If you want the internet to be glorious and free, and that's only half true, with the data broker business in particular, you get nothing out of the exchange. They get something, but you don't. You've probably never heard of most of these companies, and they have no direct connection to your life as a consumer. Along the way, the industry's practices regularly put people at risk of significant harm. Uh, And so there's a bunch of examples that we could talk about, including the one I told you. But the burden of policing abusive data practices shouldn't fall on consumers, Davison says. And even the Delete Act, as significant as it is, is no substitute for a law that limits how much data businesses and brokers can collect about us in the first place without any action from consumers. I'd have no problem with this if it was an opt-in situation. That is, you opt-in, we'll give you some money, and, and just let us sell this data about you. But nobody would do it. Almost no one would do it. And I've spoken to people. And I've mentioned to them, for instance, that the post office sells your information. 
and uh, a lot of businesses you do business with sell your information. And I, mean, I remember back in the old days, I would subscribe to a magazine and I'd start getting mail from competing magazines or, or things that might appeal to people who read the first magazine. And so to give you an example, for instance, um, I had a coin collection when I was a little kid and I subscribed to a coin magazine. And I remember somewhere along the line, I started getting junk mail. I'm like a 12-year-old kid getting junk mail saying, would you like to buy coins from us? And I could look at how the name and address were formatted that they'd gotten from the magazine that I got as a coin collector. They had sold my information. Now, at the time, it didn't bother me so much because, number one, I was 12 years old. But number two, it was just my name and address. And they had sold it to somebody that I might be legitimately interested in because, oh, I collect coins, and these people are an advertiser in that magazine, maybe, but they sell coins. That makes sense. But it's very, very annoying when someone, and by the way, I had this happen. I had someone show up on my front porch. It was two people. I'm I'm going to really tame this story down for you. I'm not sure if I've ever told this one before. I had just moved into a new house. I was unpacking stuff. Someone knocks on my front door. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, it could be a new neighbor. Got to go out and meet the neighbors. So open up the front door. A woman has a clipboard. And she mentions a religion that she would like to talk to me about. And I stopped her and I said, I'm curious. I go, what's in the clipboard? And she goes, oh, that's nothing. And she kind of hides it. And I go, well, no, hold on a second. I said, I'm very interested in your religion. (laughs) Can you tell me what's on that clipboard? And she saw I wasn't going to talk anymore beyond that. So she turns it around and she goes, it's your name and address. And it was from the post office. It was people who'd recently moved into the neighborhood. And I don't know how, how far out it went. Okay, but there was other names on the list. And so she was one of the people buying the information from the post office, saying if somebody moves into this community, I want to be notified. And apparently you can pay for that. I didn't ask her about that because then I told her to get off my porch. But who'd have thought? I mean, it's bad enough when they come and knock on your door and say, we'd like to talk to you about how you're going to a very, very bad place for eternity unless you convert to our religion. By the way, what religion are you? (laughs) That's bad enough. But when they show up and go, yeah, we bought your information from the post office. That, to me, was like a double whammy. So, yeah, they got off my porch real fast, and they never came back. And by the way, in case you think I'm just rude to people who knock on my door, I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell you another story. A couple of houses back, I was moving in with a moving van. Obviously, me, my brother, a couple friends moving big furniture, right? And two women walked up, and it turned out it was mother and daughter. Two women walked up. And very, very politely said, excuse me, is someone moving in here? And I said, yes, I am. And I walked over to her. I said, hi, my name is Steve. I said, do you live in the neighborhood? She goes, yes, I do. But she said, we'd like to invite you to our church. And she pointed. You could see the church from where I lived. She goes, that's the church that we attend on Sunday mornings and wanted to let you know that you're welcome to attend. She didn't tell me I needed to convert. She hadn't bought my address from the post office. (laughs) And I said, you know, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. What's your name? She told me your name. I told her my name. I said, it's very nice meeting you. I said, but I'm in the middle of moving right now, and these guys are all doing me a favor. So I can't stop to talk to you right now, but thank you very much for stopping by. And as I turned to walk away, she goes, would you like us to pray for you? 
would you like us to pray for you? And I thought to myself, you know something? Of all the people I've met on my front porch or close who told me that they had to straighten my life out because my life was obviously going to heck in a handbasket. Instead, she said, would you like us to pray for you? And I looked at her and I said, if you're, if you're inspired, absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And then she goes, what would you like us to pray for? <laughs> I said, oh, the usual stuff. Thank you. And I went back to work. But you see the distinction. Offering to pray for me implies that she simply wants good things for me. She didn't say who she's going to pray to. I didn't ask. I don't know. She might, she might be praying to Beelzebub. I don't know. I don't know and I don't care. The point is that she introduced herself, said, we attend this church. You're welcome to attend. And would you like us to pray for you? Sure. Sure. That's how you do it. So if, if, if there's anybody in my audience who finds themselves occasionally going door to door, handing out tracts or telling people they're going to hell, maybe you should take a lesson from that woman. Because that woman impressed me with the fact that she was actually welcoming and friendly, and it was a positive, uplifting experience. The other people who showed up on my front porch and said crazy things to me, and someday I'll do an entire video on them because I've I've had several experiences, um, aren't doing it the right way. And I don't even know why they do it, because they must get so much pushback that I can't imagine that it feels like it's worthwhile unless they honestly think we're just doing it for the reward up above. So not going to go there today, but as for the California new legislation, it is a good law that allows you, if you're in California, to delete yourself from the data broker system. And so the good news is that it's such a good law, and I suspect it's one of those laws that when people hear about it, they go, we need that here, we need that here. The lobbyists are probably all out in full force right now fighting this, and fighting to keep it from happening in other states. But it's one of the best ideas I've heard about in a long time, and I've talked about this before, that we need this kind of reform. So this is pretty cool. So Mike, thanks for sending it from Gizmodo. Thomas Germain wrote it. California's new Delete Act is one of the world's most powerful privacy laws. That's a good thing. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. What we see mainly depends on what we look for.